0: Five hundred years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said I'm mad I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The, Phantom. the ghost who walks The Phantom. enemies he- the
1: phantom's always there But you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone and welcome to episode 57 Now how good was that song, Stephen and Dan?
2: It was fantastic oh, I, the, the, um, oh, I love it <laughs> the, the recorded is fantastic And um, if you haven't seen the live version, go out I'm sure we've got the the tour dates for this year. Go out and see it. It's awesome.
1: Yes. So for those who have absolutely no clue what we're talking about and have lived under a rock for the last couple of months, that is a song done by Sammy J. Uh, Now, on the interview that we did with him, what was it, two, three months ago, he said that he was going to do us a song. And you have just listened to it. And I must say, I think... We, I think we're all impressed, and I hope you guys are as well. Now, uh, not to dwell too much on it, because we've got a lot to go through today, but uh, that song is in his show, um, So, and then if you don't know about that, uh, all the tour dates and everything is on the website, and it will also be in a free comic as well, so you'll be able to uh, have a bit of a, a um, uh, an idea of when that comes to a town close to you. And also, the song is available to all our Patreon listeners as well as a download, and and they will be able to add it as their ringtone and stuff like that. Dan, did you say that you've added it as your ringtone?
3: Yes, yeah, so I've um I've made it my ringtone, and um it's it's a bit of an earworm I must admit, because every time the phone rings, I end up singing the song for the rest of the day in my <laughs> head. So, um I was just telling Steve before both my daughters have memorised it. Um they're very <laughs> they love it. Um although they did say. They came to me. They tried. To, they were trying to memorise it, and they came to me and said, "Dad, when does he breathe? I, oh, we're not sure when to breathe." So <laughs> he's done it very, very well. And, and a big thank you and a shout out to Sammy J for for um, recording that and sending it to us and, and making it available for us to 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 give to Patreons. Very much appreciated. Yeah, now my only problem is, yeah,
1: exactly. The only problem with having it as a ringtone is you won't answer the phone because you want to listen to the whole, the whole song.
3: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for everyone for uh, being with us for 57. Uh, so we'll get cracking into it, and we have a fair bit to cover. So we will try and be quick. I didn't say we will be. I said we will try. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, so the first Fruit comic that we're going to look at is Fruit 1772 which is the Christmas special, or, as it's been dubbed, the All-American Christmas special.
2: Uh-oh, the the so
1: All-American c- All-Colour. All-American Christmas All-Colour. <laughs> yes, that's true. We've got our own special so, uh, sound effects in the background. <laughs> so, guys, what do you think of this?
3: Well, I, I'm not going to... Uh, wrap it on about this for too much because I um I, I already talked about in the best of 2016 podcast yeah. about how much I enjoyed this uh, particular issue. Um, probably one thing I didn't say is how much I did enjoy the fact that it was all in color. Um, and if if they keep coming out in this quality, I'm I might be convinced that color might be the way of the future. So, um, Whoa. really enjoyed the package <laughs> of stories, the way it was put together. Um, and there's a Christmas special, something to read over the holidays, just beautiful.
1: You're gonna lose your status as a Forkist, I reckon, Dan. They're gonna ban you from uh, from the cult. Uh,
3: leaf leaf orchard colours, uh, Sunday colours, uh, right from the 40s <laughs> and 50s. So I can, uh, that's all right.
1: So Dan, what do you reckon? Briefly, uh, what do you reckon about it? I mean, Steve. Steve, Can I say Dan? Yeah. Yep. Man, I'm on <laughs> fire today.
2: Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, just like them, yeah, I, I agree they're, they're, they're great stories and um, as I said in the best of, i read them on the Sundays and read them on the um when they're coming out during the day but yeah to, to read them all in one hit um, makes them you know feel a heck of a lot better um I did have issues with the um with the uh, dragging on a bit with um, you know dropping the kids off at school but um you can see why I did I just thought it Went a bit too long when you're, when you're reading it every day. But in the comic format, it, it, it doesn't mm. seem as bad. Um, one, um, and I did mention this, um, in the other podcast that does the, the Daily Skipper story, um, which is called The Baron Khan Sedition, or, which this is according to Fanon Wiki. Thank you, Fanon Wiki. Um, which ran from the 1st of the 2nd, uh, 2016 through the 4th of the 6th. 2016 so and it was where Mike Manley came on board um, so we're still waiting for that daily to, to appear in a crew. Um, I was having a look at um, a couple of other um, newspaper stories that, that haven't made it in yet, just recent um, the There's a Sunday it's called Trouble in Twelve Nations. I don't think that's um, appeared yet um, and of course you can tell by the name that um, it might have something to do with Lothar and, um, what's his name? Andrew.
3: Mandrake.
2: Mandrake. Mandrake. Yep. Um, and, of course, it does. It's a, it's a fun little story, that one. I won't give anything away, but, um, but um, the end's worth a chuckle. Um, and I can't remember if the challenge, that this is another daily, um, I don't know if the challenge has appeared in a three yet. Where, um.
3: Not if, not if it's a 2016 story, I don't think it has.
2: I think it was, maybe 2015, but I can't remember if it, if it made it to the, um, to the Christmas special last year. It doesn't say that it does on Phantom Wiki. Um, but yeah, it's when, um, Gerard's mate, uh, Babu his son, um, challenges Giran for the, um, to be, uh, the chief of the bando. Now, he may, that may already be, um, um, uh, published and through, but... Um,
3: no, I don't, I don't think know, it is. I'm I having I a look through my list, and I don't think it is. Yeah.
2: So I'd, I'd, I'd love to see um, those ones uh, coming as well. And if you want to do them in full colour, I, I, I wouldn't be disappointed.
0: Hmm.
1: Th- I'll just echo pretty much everyone... Echo pretty much what everyone else has already said. Um, I think... I think the... um. The daily and Sunday stories work better as backup, or when there's a couple together as one, like this Christmas yeah. special. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's so, probably just something that I, and I
2: think that I probably, to probably that. have to do. So already, well, Yeah, we've got two doubles and a two daily,
1: sorry, and a Sunday that as far as I can see, mm. and that's just in. in yeah. Years what? So. Um. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right, Steve. Um. I've got your name right there. Um, <laughs> I, what um, what Egmont tend to do is they like split them up. And I'm not saying that, you know, Egmont's the way to do it or anything like that. And we'll get into uh, a bit more about this later in the podcast. But uh, what um, what Egmont has done in the past is like they've split the newspaper or the fork stories over a couple of issues, similar as the way we've got um, uh, Heart of Darkness. Now, I know that's not going to be an option because we've already got Heart of Darkness and we don't want to delay that even further. But like, there's always an option as well.
2: I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't split up a, a like one half, like do a part one, part two. I, I'd put it all in on one, one hit.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to see them split up like that. Um, with the two partners that are published three issues apart, and Heart of Darkness, we'll get to that in a second when we talk about the next through um, issue, but. It's really starting to fall apart for me. So, the, mm-hmm. um, the, to keep the stories together as much as you possibly can.
2: Yeah. Like, like there are yeah. stories that, that are written as, you know, chapters or parts or whatever. And yeah, put them in different issues. That, that, that's fine. But, um, a, a daily, which is supposed to be, um, you know, one complete story, I'd I, I keep it as one complete story and put it in one complete issue.
1: Yeah. All right, well, that was a good segue. Uh, Anything else anyone wants to add before we move on to the next issue?
3: No, loved the Christmas special, just looking forward to the Christmas cover on 2017's version. (laughs) I
1: knew you were going to sneak that in somehow.
2: (laughs) Have a a word to um, to Glenn.
1: Yeah. I reckon if, if they don't do it, I reckon you'd be going down there and, uh, and you know stalking <laughs> them and having words. So I hope for those sake they do remember to do it for uh, for 2017. And, um, if,
3: if they don't do it, I'll be, the, I'll be on their doorstep when they open for 2018, uh, <laughs> waiting with my pitchfork. <laughs>
2: well, you've, got, you've got to take some artist lit, um or drawing lessons there, Dan, and, and knock one up yourself.
3: Yeah, there you go. I'll submit it. <laughs>
1: alrighty so moving on the next issue which was sandwiched between these two between the Christmas special and the annual was one seven seven three which is called the thief now um I'll let you go first Steve because I know uh, <laughs> it's featuring your favorite artist so you want to talk talk to us about this one
2: well I walked into the um into the news and I'm, it was a different news agency that I have, haven't been in before because I'm on holiday, so I'm not near work. And I walk in, I come to the where I think the comic session might be, and there just glaring in all its beauty is this fantastic Alex Saville cover with the fan just coming out of the pile out of the ruins there, staring menacingly at the bad guy who's got a golden arrow. What a fantastic front cover! And then you mm. open it up, and it's a nice wraparound cover. It's just Brilliantly done! I think this is going to be an awesome issue, and it's a fun. I like it. It's a it's a fun little issue. We got a um, the main character there, um, who who seemed to have uh, lived a very prosperous life. Um, he he's moved to I think it was Hong Kong, and he's done well for himself. But then he has um, a revelation. He, he has a he, he doesn't have long to live, and um, he wants to atone for for things he may have done. Or not may things he has done in the past, and so he goes back, goes back to his tribe, and I can't remember which one it is. I think it's the
3: Ibobo. Yeah, yeah, there you go,
2: Ibobo. Yeah, I
1: B I B O.
2: Yeah. Um, so he goes back, goes back home, and finds out about his um, uh, son that he did not know that he that he had, and um, catches up with uh, uh, the bad men that led him astray all those years ago, and yeah, it's, it's really. A story about redemption, and um, mm. and coming through. And of course, it, it being a um, a phantom story, there's, there's a. You know, I'm just making sure there's a happy ending at the end. There's a happy ending for his son. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. It, yeah. <laughs> but I'll, well, I'll there's a
3: happy happy ending for the village. Yes,
2: um, we'll, we'll say we'll say for the village. We'll trying And for the son. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and enjoyable. It. it looks about a month ago since I've read it now, but um yeah, it it's it's quite a good story and the art I, I can't speak highly enough of, of Alex's art, art I, I, I really do enjoy it. Um Yeah, so any of you guys wanna
0: <laughs> any you know, <laughs> uh more to
2: <laughs> Well,
3: if I can just sort of part the treacle here and, and uh, see, see if I can uh, say something else. No, I, I actually, I really, I, I agree with everything you said there, Stephen. I really, I really like Alex Saviock's art. I wouldn't say he's my favourite, but he's certainly, you know, very, very good artist. Um, and this is this is a really good example of his talents. Um, he's got so his Angry Phantom is oh, better than just about anybody's, really. Page 22. Um, just looking at it now. Oh, I, I am too. That's back. right, and. That is, I would drop the what gun.
2: Page, page, 20,
3: page
1: 23. 23. 21 and twenty-two is pretty good as well. Twenty-one yeah. 20. is actually, which is the the piece where is where the front covers um
3: drawn from copied right? from. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is where it's coming out like and is in mainly yeah. black. Yeah, that yeah, works brilliant very, as a black and white
2: panel. It, and actually, this really works well. Like it's probably in color over um, overseas, but it works really well in, in black and mm. white. I think. And I think that's I, really his style because of the
1: cleanliness mm, of his lines. Yeah. We did, when Alex, just jumping in on that bit, uh, when you made mention of the colour and the black and white, when uh, Alex was over in Australia, he did make mention that. He on purposely works his work so it still looks good in black and white because like he, when he first, well, I think... From memory, like the first couple he did, he didn't realize that free published it in black and white, and then he saw one of his uh, bits of bits of work, and he wasn't really impressed with with the way it was. So then mm. after that, he tried to make it so even the free readers, who see everything in black and white, um, you know, will still have he was he would still be happy with that outcome, as well as it being um, colored for the Egmont readers.
2: Mm and then, and mm. even using just black and white there's still dimension to the um or depth rather to to artwork. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still on page twenty three here the top left hand um panel with um the bad guy calling out it you can really see that um it seems to be really popping out, out of the um out of the panel mm. and yeah another mm. action shot down the bottom of page twenty two is knocking out the bad guy from from behind that's a' you know, <laughs> really good way to do it um but yeah just if, if you're not a fan of Alex, of Alex Savio, go and start looking at his stuff again, because uh, I assure you, it, it's excellent. Mm. Mm. And
3: I've I've got to give a shout out to Klaus Ramirthi for the the script in this one too. It's 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 almost classic, fork, forky type um, writing. Um, yeah, the, it reminds story
1: me of, the, of, of the 70s and 80s.
3: Yeah, um, and was it Wombo the Gambler? Was a um, a, a oh, yeah jungle tribesmen who uh, went to the city and um, went bad and then came back for redemption, that sort of thing. It's in that sort of vein of a Mm -hmm. story. Um, You know, the the idea of the good luck charm for the village and how that actually, you know, for whatever reason, comes through. I thought that um, this this was a a really good... And and it sort of shows why Clay Sramethe has been such a prolific fandom writer and and keeps getting published because um, he does write some good stuff. I feel like... um, he probably should take another um, page out of Leaf Fork's book and and know when to walk away from a character though, and, and just forget <laughs> about it and leave it behind. Sandal Singh probably never needs to appear in another story, for instance. Um, and
1: uh, oh, we well, talk about the thief, not Sandor Singh saga.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying, close to me, he does. That's called to... a low blow. <laughs> kidney punch. Well, <laughs> he's um, he deserves it. <laughs> I, I do think, think though, is this hot. is an example though of where the 22 page stories it just feels like a, it's a page short at the end. It's a really rushed sort of finish. Um, the last three panels, oh, it's a few months later all of a sudden, and uh, we don't. Fo- I'd love to find out how the the village uh, turned its fortunes around and that sort of thing. I don't know. It, it just it felt a little bit rushed at the end, but I, I re- recognize that that's because of the page constraints yeah um, it...
1: I, I, I have to disagree with you slightly there i think it. i think if you had another page of it would just be fluff and then we would probably be commenting you know oh we didn't really need that last page because you know it could have been done in a panel or two so oh, i reckon yeah
2: because kind of yeah about that before like matt if we had one more page like the last three pages of the last i'm well, not pages last panel the whole last page just seemed to be really rushed compared to the rest of the um Sure.
3: yeah but some of that fluff if if that's what you want to coin it you know I would imagine that that would be the phantom going back to the village again and and dropping in on the boy um, the son who who now has lost his dad and um, you know just touching base and, and showing that human side of um, of the phantom again and that's a big part of his character for, for me um, that that human side and that um, you know it's not just the, this vicious uh, you know, phantom that comes out of the shadows. Um, it's also a, a human being who makes human relationships and so um, that's missing from, from mine.
1: I reckon, yeah, I'll have to disagree with that slightly to be honest. Like, I reckon that is there with the last three panels. Um, there, there is a human side and, you know, like I know the phantom's not any other character in, you know, like a movie or anything but if you, you know, look at majority of movies, once you've had the the ending and stuff like that you don't have in a lot of movies not all of them you don't have another five ten minutes of fluff at the end of nice feel-good stuff because a lot of the time it's
2: you know it's boring
1: you want the yeah. climax and that's it and you move on
2: it'd be like with the superhero movies after you had all the credits what they could have is the um the council of the chiefs and are shaking that the chief's hand or something like that but that, that'd be the next panel yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. They have I have to agree to disagree on that one, I reckon.
3: Yeah, I think so. I see your point, but I think you're
2: wrong. <laughs> well, <that heart laughs> no, you're not gonna heart have heart any friends. You've just been right?
1: kicked out of the uh, Forkers cult, and well, now you've... Um... <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I've got to get myself back in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that digger class was about then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, Heart of Darkness, Steve. We um, were getting there. Sorry about that.
2: That's all right. Do you, want, do you
1: want to lead that one there? No, well, no, Dan. You you may briefly mention before about how you feel. Heart of Darkness is. What were the words you used?
3: Oh, I I can't remember now. Um, but I've I've written in my notes. Meh. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm no longer. I, I'm starting to lose the plot, I guess, of Heart of Darkness. It just—it feels like it's so long between episodes. Um, the last one was 1767, so we've had uh, what six, yeah. seven issues between. So that's two months apart, almost month and a half, two months apart. And and if they're coming every six weeks, um, I don't know. I just—I'm finding it hard to follow, and and less and less interested, I suppose, in in catching up again with the story. Uh, uh, it's also. That-
1: Sorry, is that solely because of the the span between each part, or is it because of the story?
3: Yeah, and um, yeah, I was about to say, I think it's also because of the. Um, I'm not, I'm not really one of the people who like the fantasy and the magic um, stories, the Phantom stories as well. So I think that that also isn't, you know, compelling me to 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 keep reading it. Um, interestingly, I've um, there is there's a bloke at work. I think I've mentioned him before on the podcast. Who um, is a Phantom fan and a Phantom reader. Um, he's probably 65. Oh, no, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'll um, he'll get up offended. But he's um, he's going overseas. He's doing a Joe and going to go and visit England for for a little while. Um, and as part of that, he told me that he thinks he's going to stop buying through comics now because partly because he's going overseas, but uh, also partly, Heart of Darkness was the thing that he quoted, was saying that he's just a bit, you know. And and to me, I'm not going to give up reading Phantom comics just because of Heart of Darkness. Um, I think he's at a stage of life and all the rest of it. But that was the that was the thing that he quoted in terms of he just wasn't enjoying that. And, um, yeah, it's getting to the point where I may not read the next. I, I probably will, of course, but you know, I'm not going. Certainly not going to rush to the back and read the Heart of Darkness two months from now when the next one comes mm. out.
2: Fair enough. Steve, anything you want to add? Uh, no, not really. Like, I'm enjoying the story, but, excuse me, but there was a lot of, um, space in between. And yeah, if you want to, the continuation, we we really need that to be more regular. But I think, yeah, I I think, I think they've spoken about a couple of times. They're doing their best, um, to make everyone happy. And, and for lack of a better word, this, this story is suffering a little bit, but, um, Hopefully, um, during this year, it we can, we can be a bit more regular. Mm-hmm.
3: I'd ask you, Jim, like, I think um, I, was, I wasn't on the podcast. I was just listening at the time when Heart of Darkness started. And if I remember, you were quite excited because this was a story that you'd heard of and seen in a foreign language, and you were, you were really quite pumped that it was coming and you were going to be able to read it. Has it lived up to your expectations?
1: That's a good question. Um, yes and no. Um, yes, because it's still a good story. Um, uh, no, in the sense, mainly because of what I asked you, that it's the the, the time between episodes or the time between drinks. Mm. Um, like you said, it's been six, seven issues since we last looked at one, and it wouldn't be a month and a half, two months. It would be more like, you know, two to three months between, between them. So that... that Is It is hard to, you know, you either have to go back and reread them and then see you can remember, you know, who's what character and, you know, why is the Phantom. um, Can't remember anything about the past few days and, you know, and stuff like that because, you know, we're talking about, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages here. You can't exactly spend a page reminding people on what, um, yeah. uh, what happened in the last issue. Yeah. Um, so there is that delicate balance. I've, now, I'm not a huge fantasy fan either like you, um, but I think so far it hasn't really gone too far fantasy and I've kind of looked at the pictures of the whole story, so I kind of know what's coming up ahead. Um, now, so I think it's still living up to its potential. I think the biggest concern or the biggest issue is and has to be the fact that there's, there's, it's so long between drinks. because when this was originally done, it was every issue in in uh, Egmont, so back in, you know, the 90s and ni- uh, 94 and 95, um, might have been 93, 94, 95, but never mind, um, <laughs> every issue had another part and every issue was spaced
3: two weeks apart so i think that would make a, that would make a massive difference
1: yeah so i think that is the biggest concern um now we will touch upon this con a little bit later because there's something about the free news which we want to discuss but just with this one issue Now, what did you guys reckon about the saturation of the replica issue demands in the letters from the
3: forum? Uh, It warmed my heart. (laughs) Uh, I just read through that. (laughs) Oh, I just read through this going, so many kindred spirits. It's fantastic.
2: Um, What about you, Steve? (laughs) Well, when he asked for comments, he he certainly got them. Um, (laughs) And they they all (laughs) seem to be very much pro the the keeping a reptile. But. I, I, I wish I wrote this down. I, I think I did it back in one of our chats. That um, a lot of these letters, for quite some time, you know, after we asked for people's opinion on it, seem to follow a, a, a pattern. You know, there's, you're doing a great job, Dolly, which we all agree. You've doing a fantastic job. Um, keep the um, replica. Yeah, some people really enjoy it. Some people might not. Um, those um, who, who aren't a fan of it are not true fans. And I have a big issue with that. Yeah, that just yeah I agree true as well. Crap. Anyone who says that... Put your head in. Anyone who says
1: that is ignorant mm. and, you know, can't see beyond their own nose, to be honest. Um, Look, because it, it was it's very ignorant. I must admit, I was very... Uh, I was very dirty at reading that as well.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah if you like reading the revocates, good luck to you, enjoy it. I, I have on occasion, um, I haven't read um, the one that's come with the, the latest annual, um, mainly because of time, um, but also mm. I've probably read the story, I don't know what story is in there, um, but I'm sure I've read it before, and I've read it in its entirety without being um, edited. Um, and there's been a couple that have a couple of letters that have popped up asking for the, um, for the newsprint colours. Or, you know, the, the replica the, series? Uh, not 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 about the replica series about um just normal fruit issues rather than having the the nice modern or modernish you know kind of glossy covers going back to those old dreary paper covers now we, we might hang it on Dan for being um a a focus, but surely you don't want that uh do you Dan.
3: No, I wouldn't go back to those. Um, no. I like them, um, I, and I like being able to, you know, when you when I pick up another uh, 400 or 500 series and it arrives in the mail, I, I really enjoy getting it out and, you know, smelling the age of the paper <laughs> and that sort of thing. But I certainly wouldn't want um, wouldn't want the one from the newsstand to be looking like that no, in 2017. And
2: there's no way that you'll get a new audience um, putting that on on the um, on the shelf. It, it just won't happen. Putting, it, look cheap or look old or look dirty like yeah having the um the old ones like that it's great because uh, they don't look cheap old dirty. they look old they look well looked after look well kept someone has this comic and they've kept it in such great nick hopefully they've kept it in such great nick and it's up <coughs> the value of it you know instead of paying whether well, it is a shilling or a pound or not wouldn't be a pound but you know six cent, I, I don't understand that that was all before my time you'll well what do you pay for for a 500 issue now You'd say you're on. Well, I
3: pay more run, than Germ. R- rather than a
2: good deal that <laughs> Germ will get. What, what's a? Or even a. Are you 20, 50 000. bucks, depending on condition and number? Yeah. So the the nostalgia's there for it, but it's nostalgia. It's stuff we want yeah. in the old country. Sure as hell, I don't want to pick up. A, well, I'm I'm saying we, but um, I'm I'm talking about myself, of course. Yeah. Um, sure as hell, I don't want to see that on the, on a um. Uh, uh, on a news on a newsagent stand or on a comic book shop, like or in a yeah. comic book shop, there's not one other um, comic that, that does that. And you know, to argue that to say, oh, we'll make it stand out, <laughs> make it stand out, and no one will, in a way that, oh, look, look at that rubbish. Yeah. So, um, no, for and I I haven't got the letter right in front of me, so I, I, I can't even be tempted to name it, and I, and I wouldn't, but um. Yeah, I disagree with you, sirs, who um who are suggesting that they go back to the to those newspaper type covers. It's just, a, mm-hmm. yeah. I
3: do I do understand why, and there there is a letter, uh, just a very short one on the last page, um, which I thought might have been Jermaine running and writing under a pen name about um. <laughs> Uh, done with the replica issues, they sit untouched and maybe a colour poster instead. I do understand why people would be keen for something like that, because if you look at it, you know, this is issue 25 we got with the annual, we're sort of slipping into that conversation now, but it's issue 25 we got, so that's 26 years, because there was a year that it was missed, so it's 26 years that these replicas have been produced. Um, That's, you know, that's more than half my life that, that we've been getting replicas with it, and I can understand why people are getting a bit tired of them, um, I do still think and, and I've said for a while that I, I would probably stop it at 30 because that's the end of the Phantom Goes to War, it's also a nice round number um, whether maybe they'd be better served by going, you know what, let's let's just do it and, and a special um, issue that comes out one time is just a pack with replicas 26, 27, 28, 29 and 30 and then we're done and next year we can move on and, and do something else, so um, I do still enjoy getting the replicas, but I can certainly understand why um, some people are, are a bit tired of it and would like to see something new and different.
1: Man, Dan's really trying to burn his bridges today. <laughs> I just um, said let's
3: get five replicas in a week, mate. I
1: can... <laughs> um, just wanted to quickly add something, well, something that Dan had mentioned before, which kind of ties in with what Steve was saying. I think with a lot of these, um, you know, I don't want to generalise too much, but... It, from what I've found, with talking to a lot of fans, and then talking to fans who also talk to a lot of fans as well, is that there's there's still a really older generation who still buy the fan, and I'm talking about 50 plus, like your work colleague Dan. Yes. And you know they're the type of ones, and we've heard their interviews, we heard them, we've heard them speaking on this podcast, and you know we've seen in the in the forums and stuff. They're the ones that want to. See Stays stuck in the 50s and 60s and 70s because that's what this is the this is the feeling that I get. That's that's what that's like their childhood memories and so yeah. that's why they want the paper issues. Don't, you know they don't like stories like Heart of Darkness because it's sleek. It's it's you know it re- requires a memory to read it because you have to <laughs> um, you know remember what happened six issues ago and stuff like that. You know a lot of them. And I don't want to sound disrespectful to them because, you know, these are hardcore fan fans and, you know, they've been fan fans probably longer than we've been alive for.
3: Oh, for sure. But I,
1: but I think the thing that they need to um, – this may sound rude, so if, if you get offended by email, you can email me and we can discuss it there. Um, but I think the thing they need to realise is that if they really love the Phantom, they need to accept – and if they really love Fru, they need to accept that there needs to be some modernisation for the next generation. But the current generation, which is us, needs some modernisation and stuff like that. So even forgetting us, yeah, yeah, well that's but, right. But forgetting us, we, you know, Fru needs to capture the next generation. The Phantom and needs to be captured the next yeah. generation.
3: And we're and talking think about that they like are kids. Yeah, but that, and we'll get, we'll come to this after we speak about the annual. But I think they are making some genuinely good moves, um, and the balance has got to be hard. And I think yeah, some of yeah. the things and that, that they're doing um, yeah. are, they are,
0: are
1: probably are working well. To, and they will lose some of the hardcore focus or traditionalists because they're not going to be able to accept the changes. Um, uh,
3: well, well, maybe those people, and you know, maybe those people will buy. Yeah, well, maybe maybe um, those people are not going to buy the Kid Phantom Digest um, to skip ahead a bit, um, but they'll still be able to buy their fortnightly Fru. So that's the sort of um, balance that I think. That we I
1: think... we'll see that if Fru successfully targets the next gen, or even the current, or you know, however you want to specify them, they will lose some of those hardcore older fans. Oh. And I think that's well, something... you know, well, you yeah. can try and do your best to try and not lose them. But I think for the Phantom, for the Fru comic to be around for the next 20 years, I think, you know, you almost have to accept that you're going to lose some of them.
3: Yeah. Well, look, and, and um, this, yeah. this work made of mine who, for for us, for Fru's going through a renaissance at the moment, and this has probably been the best calendar year that that company's had for quite a few years. The
1: um, the mid nineties.
3: Well, I'm not. I, I haven't thought that much about it, but certainly for a while. Um, <laughs>
1: Makes a big statement and hasn't thought about
3: it. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, mate. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to go back and say this is the last time that, that fruit was this good, but it is. It is a number of years. Um, and yet, as I say, this workmate of mine has gone. oh, is this what I, I'm no longer interested? So you know. Um, it's a shame, but, you know, when you mentioned it before and and you were alluding to Peter Kingston, I think um, when we were talking about uh, people we've spoken to in the past, for him, the fandom finished in um, when, when McCoy stopped drawing it, Um, Mm. you know, that's, what do we say? 1962. So, um, you know, people pick their moments to dip in and to dip out. And um, if long-term through are going to pick up more than they're going to lose with the moves that they're making, then, you know, so be it. You can't please everybody. You just can't.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: All right. Look, Steve, oh, okay. anything you want to quickly add before we move on? Before we move on, yeah. Um, just still with the letters there. Um, Dan, you're an English teacher as well. Um, oh, yeah. Did, did you read oh. that, um, that, that letter? Have the we go, apostrophe. Uh, yeah. Had go, uh, Dudley's spelling and, and grammar. Oh, the Punctuation like, or whatever. And then he was wrong. And then, <laughs> um <laughs> Dudley is fan- Dudley, we love your responses to letters. That you are yes. just always so nice, so, um, so positive. Were you a teacher before you were a publisher, mate? Because you seem to use our language. Um, yes. And we enjoy it. So I do. And then yeah, there's no,
1: that, another one he's just... got. Sometimes change is necessary for survival. That's his last point to that, um, to Paul. Yeah, the the Grammar King. Yep. Or the Grammar (laughs) Dunks.
2: Yes. Anyway. (laughs)
1: All right. Cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, Let's move on to the 2017 annual, which was uh, issue 1774, which did come with the annual. um, I hope the annual came with the annual. Came came with the replica. The replica, sorry. (laughs) And I'm really all over the place tonight. So let's just... I'm opening the annual for the first time. It's actually a very good story to be honest. Um The replica? Yeah, it's a it's the mar the marriage's daughter where uh-huh. get, um, yeah, marriage yeah, that's it. Where, times, it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this one where it gets hero? I think this is the one where it gets hero, isn't it? Or is it a different one? No, I think it might be a different one. But, no, it's a good story. It's got, you know, it's it's a good story. Um, but, yeah, anyone, don't really need to add too much more to that. Um, so we'll go straight to the annual. Now, some of you, or most of you will know that it is uh, called the Girl Phantom. Now, oh, it? did you want to quickly touch upon the whole girl point before we uh, dissect it a little bit more?
3: Oh, like I, I know I brought it up in a podcast, and um, uh, and someone mentioned it to Glenn Ford online, and he responded with images of um, Bill Legante's, um "The Girl Phantom Story" and "The Girl Phantom Rides Again" or whatever, um, "The Adventures of the Girl Phantom" and "The Girl Phantom," and and it has and there have been lots of that. Um, the original and the best from 1952 was called "The Female Phantom," and I was probably one of those who thought that the Female Phantom would be more appropriate, but um, when the the comic arrived and my wife saw it and my two younger teenage daughters saw it, um, it wasn't an issue at all, and they weren't they weren't fussed, and they thought, mm. yeah, no, the girl, you know. So I think. Do you think um, um, we're just
1: a bit precious?
3: Maybe maybe just a little bit precious. Yeah, and and I'll put my hand up to say that I was one of those who probably was a little bit precious, and um, you know, let's just enjoy it and move on.
1: Yeah, maybe we're like we're trying to be, you know, too um too conscious and stuff like that instead of like let's just enjoy the comic.
2: Yeah, perhaps. Well, enjoy the art. So you want us- to quickly add to that one, Steve. The the artwork drew me drew my eye more than the title. I forgot that they, they put the girl fan in there. Like the the artwork's just fantastic. Uh,
1: the coloring or the art. Oh, are we talking about the front cover
2: I'm or about the front cover? Yeah.
1: Okay, so we were, all right, yeah, all right. We'll talk about the front cover, Steve.
2: That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've just moving the... on, without us, <laughs> hey. oh, oh, and we found Hey,
3: I would one hundred percent agree.
2: I've just ripped the cover. Oh no! I thought, what's that dangling there? And I've accidentally pulled it, and a little bit of the back cover has come off. Just a little well, centimetre, t- you mongrel. Well,
3: you now
1: you've to
2: got a reading
3: copy. <laughs> oh, that's that's tears.
1: So with the front cover, now what do you guys think about... Well,
3: Steve's now going to be able to blue take it to his wall.
1: <laughs> what do you guys think about the, um, one, the costume variations and the fact that um, Julie has her eyes being shown?
3: Yeah. well I as a, as a whole I love the cover it's I think yeah. it's the, the montage of um, you know uh, Julie in action um there the, the main figure of, of hoisting the guns up the inset of, of shooting punching um, you know she's been in a fight she's glaring out um, all of those things are fantastic um, I real Canaan white I think is the artist here and he's done just an absolute a sensational job. In terms of the costume variations, I don't mind them. Um, you're going to see seams um, sometimes, and um, you know, I, I, I quite enjoy what he's done there. Seeing the eyes is probably, um, and this is something that I, I thought periodically throughout reading the whole the whole uh, annual with all of the stories, is that when artists have a female phantom, they seem to just think that you can show the eyes and whether that's because they want to show off that they can draw a girl's eyes or 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 something i don't know um i I, i'm probably a traditionalist there and i think that you probably shouldn't see the eyes um there so and and my only other question would be down on the spine on the left hand side why is there a male phantom There, there seems to be no point there
2: just to ground the story maybe just Mm. Here, here he is, but he's off to the yeah. side in this issue. Yeah, I don't know, like, like
1: I, I'd, I've just been looking at it, like I've just had a look at. Let's just say, which story was it? Uh, the Adventures of the Girl Phantom, so the second story. Every every time that the Phantom, well, the Julie is fighting or in costume she has, she, her eyes aren't shown. And then there is that time when um, the bad guys actually unmask her. And then if you actually notice, they actually die a horrible death. So was there any, I must admit, I read it on the weekend, so it's been a couple of days. Has there been any other times when, when in costume um, her eyes are being shown? Or is it just out of costume?
2: Apart from that story, I think it's only out of costume where her eyes are Mm. shown. And maybe that could be just a, um, a subtle nod to say that, um, she's not the true phantom. Like, I don't know. I might get some hate now for that. I don't know. But, um, (laughs) whenever Kit, um, Whenever the Phantom is in his ordinary clothes, or, uh, he his wears clothes glasses clothes, and stuff. You never ever see his eyes, even when. He never ever. Yeah. He, yeah. It he shouldn't never ever see his eyes when um when he's not in the Phantom. And, eye. Yeah, they think they can get away with, with this with Julie. Yeah. Now you could argue mm-hmm. the point that um she hasn't taken the the skull off, but on um I think it was in Egmont stories she she had they they, did. they, they put that in that, that she had so. If she's taken the, the oath, then what, um, abides for, uh, the male should abide for the female, but then we've got the, I'm having a bunch of arguments and then, and then retorting them, um, where she's only a part-time family. She's not, um, it's not a full-time job. Let's say that. Mm. Um, and she just, um, uh, dallies in it. Yeah, there's,
1: there's lots of arguments for and against it, isn't there? Mm.
2: But then when you... Oh, uh, the, the, the last story, the Moonstone story. But the Moonstone one, she wears glasses. She wears glasses yes. the whole time,
3: yeah. Yeah, and even though that was probably one of my least favourite stories as, as a narrative, um, that was the one that seemed to show the most respect to the character mm. um, in, in that sense of, of seeing the eyes. Like, that's one of the ways that you know that, the young Kit is just about ready to take over from his father is when this the the panels start putting the shadow over his eyes um, and and he's about to become the Phantom. I, I, I think that the, the scenes in, um, where she's in the costume but doesn't have the mask on, you never see that, never no. see that with a male Phantom. So I don't know well, why with, you need to in
1: do In the it. costume without the mask on.
3: And eyes so. completely visible, yeah.
1: Well, no, we've
3: seen it before. With eyes completely visible.
1: Yeah, we've seen it before. Uh, Graham Nolan did it. Um, I think Paul Ryan did it. Um, and there's been a couple of other inc- incidences as well. But it's 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 rare. It's mm. not the norm. And
3: maybe uh, because these are all compiled into a single book and you can see all mm. of it together, that maybe it stands out more.
1: But I, I think the point that you raised that she is not, She's not the Phantom. She is the Phantom's sister who has filled in wherever or whenever possible. Um, You know, like, and I don't know if you remember, there's there's been um, another story. It was called The Black Phantom. It was probably published 15 years ago when um, uh, the Phantom was injured and they were on a slave ship. So one of the guys... Took the Phantom's costume to kind of help rescue the slaves or something like that. So I see it as kind of like a similar situation where it's like the Phantom's out for whatever reason, whether he's off fighting or is sick or is injured, and then the Phantom's sister, who is just as well trained and you know equal in 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 majority of the ways, steps up and helps as the Phantom. And so I don't really see it as a problem. With her eyes being shown.
3: Yeah, and she's not officially like the 18th or the 19th Phantom or anything, mm. is she? Like, no. Um, but still, I would have preferred. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I especially on the cover, perhaps, um, to have the white eyes in the mask and to not have that um, hair flowing, um, or, or, or that the, the the picture there. Just have shadows across the eyes. That wouldn't be that hard.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, all right, I, think it's just, a very, I think the eyes make it a striking cover, though. I, yeah, um, it does. Like for for fans, like we know the thing about not showing the eyes and what have you. But for someone who's not a fan, and I see that, Well wow, that you know, they're, they're looking right up at you, almost. And, and, yeah, and, and there's a lot. Of, not being able to see the fans' eyes um, is is a big change for for artists because there's a lot of emotion that that comes through. It um, you know, gets lost. Mm.
1: Yeah, mm. so
2: having the eyes in the in the cover really helps to to um you know give that emotion um, in the character mm. for hopefully with new readers and and being a, a, a full uh, female cover you know does it help to get um, female readers in? I'll... So yes. What we, about we the like what about the folk story? The folk story
1: that shows exactly the same procedure when. Yep. When Jewel is fighting as the fan, don't see her eyes. Once she's finished, she's got her headpiece off, her mask off, and you know, like on page 15 and 16, you know, she's got her eyes shown there. So I guess you could almost say it's good enough.
2: She doesn't have them shown in 15, but she's covered there.
1: If, oh, 16. Well, 16. Okay, 15. She's got her eyes over her, her hands over her eyes as she cries, yeah. but um. You know, and then 16, she's got her eyes shown. So yeah, you could sure. almost argue if it's good enough for Lee Falk and Wilson McCoy, that it should be good enough for the others. Yeah, yeah
2: there's an argument mm. you can take to... Uh,
1: anyway, uh, what did you guys... Talking about that first story, what did you think about the colour?
3: Oh, color? I, I thought um, Ivan Pedersen, is it? Did yeah. a wonderful job. Really yeah. good job.
2: Very used striking, the, aren't they? Yeah, yeah
3: and seem to use a, a 1950s colour palette. There's mm-hmm. not the modern colours and variation of colours that we'd see today. It just seemed to be shame. really of the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it works really well.
3: Mm. Yeah, if, you, no, if, I was... if I didn't know better, I would have just probably assumed that this is um, a colour version that came from the 1950s from the Sundays.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, Ivan, you did a good job, mate. Thumbs um, up thumbs up and I hope you know if there's more stories that need to be coloured I hope we kind of see them again Mm. because yeah I've I've seen some of his other work and he's definitely got I think you would call it almost like flat colours and um, Mm. he's definitely got those flat colours down to a T was there any other stories that you guys or any other like things you want to quickly um, like touch upon before we go back to the um like the the schedule which we do have.
2: Well, I mean, not talking
1: uh, about the annual anymore. Oh no no, the annual. Because yeah. we've decided that we weren't going to cover like every single story. We we're going to like, ah. just yeah. So and then we we're going to like talk about the other bits as well. So is there any but was there I guess I want to like you know have room for if there's any specific stories or something that you wanted to discuss.
2: Well, I think all the stories um, were enjoyable. Um, I like all the ones there with the ditch. There seemed to be a, a common theme there, and that seemed to work well. Um, the the Moonstone story, um, the story I've got um, that I already had, well, the Moonstone publication of it, um, which was nice. I got to read something before Drew published it. Um, that doesn't happen for me very often. But um, when I read it in the Moonstone publication, it wasn't as blurry as some of these pages are. So, um, where the colour was went really well um, earlier, and the colour in in, the, in this last story is, is really good too. It, rather than being flat, it's very much now the time with the shading and what have you. But, um, yeah, there are pages, and I can't get to them now for some strange reason, I can't find them, um, where the, the text isn't illegible, but it's getting pretty darn close. Um, I even, I went to take a photo of it to to send you guys. There's one on page 250. Um, yeah, to to send you guys, and my my phone automatically refocused it. So, um, yeah, so around the 250, 249 area, um, like, I'm wearing my glasses, and it's blurry as. And like, Mm. my my glasses aren't that strong. I don't need that strong glasses, but yeah, just so that it's still, um, Blurry. It, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame to an otherwise stellar issue.
1: The colours don't seem to be as vibrant as the Moonstone one from Memory.
2: No, they're darker, and I think that might um, come from the paper that it's printed on. I hope that's what I was mm. to that down to. Mm.
1: So I guess another thing to point out is that all of the Egmont stories. So that is slaves like slaves. Railway, The Prediction, The Death Peddlers, Julie and the Witch Doctor, Julie. So, those stories have already been published in
3: Free before. Um, that's not mentioned in the annual.
1: Yeah, I know. That's um, that's what one thing I did think, find was a little bit interesting. I think it's mentioned on one of the stories, but it's um, not mentioned in majority of them. Like The Slaves Railway, this is actually the third time Free's published it. Mm. um not saying it's a bad thing it's one of my all-time favorite stories yeah. yeah the prediction that does have a fruit issue uh mention on it, but all of the other stories don't from um uh yeah all the other fruit stories don't so i i did find that a little bit weird but you know that's fairly uh that's a fairly minor point to be yeah, truth, one... to be honest
3: One of the things that I do like about some of the annuals in the way that Jim Shepard did them was um, that each story had a title page um, Mm -hmm. and and maybe you could, you could jazz up those title pages because from memory they were pretty much just um, A a panel, but underneath the panel was the important information about when was it first published? Where was it first published? When were previous publishings by through um, and and anything quirky sometimes about oh this was the first time that this old jungle saying came in and these sorts of things and I really liked that little bit of um uh, that that little bit of factual detail um, and and it's it's also a nice way to cl- clearly break between the two stories rather than you just turn yeah. it over or and, and suddenly you, you're you're ripping straight into the next one so um, but, I'd I'd like to see title yeah. pages come back.
1: You raise a good point because I think there was only one other filler page. Um, And that was, well, no, two filler pages, 34 and 35, where you've got the subscription little comic with uh, Colonel Waraboo.
2: Which I quite enjoyed. (laughs) I like it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then you've got the the cover of this next story. So you do raise a good point. I I wonder, because for those who don't actually know, there is actually a story missing. In this annual that was in the contents page so I wonder if you know and we we haven't had official wording from free we've asked them a few times about this but I wonder if it had anything to do with like space constraint restraints or anything like that Why we didn't get to see the missing story plus the filler pages or the, the detailed filler the page that you um, uh, touched upon and that Dan
3: yeah, it's interesting because this one's 260 pages. Um, last year's annual was 252, so we are getting a couple of extra pages as it stands. And so whether um, mm. those, those, well, you, you're probably talking about another what 10 pages or whatever to get a cover page for each story. So whether that's just pushed it too far, um, and they were just really trying to get, and I, I, I don't know, is this every story that's ever been written and featuring Julie? Um,
1: uh, good question do you want the answer I do <laughs> well um, if you go to Phantom Wiki you can actually have a look for yourself um, it oh is... well
3: I'll just do that then <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will tell you the answer it is every story known at the moment that is a a full story featuring Julie the the 17th Phantom's sister so she is in other stories, but she's not like a main character or a main element to the story, like there I might be uh, mentioned or something. Yeah, she's mentioned or she's in a panel or two or right. uh, even in some fruit comics, um no fork stories, sorry, um there's mentions of Julie as the seventeenth Phantom's sister, but there's no other stories where she's off on a venture or something like that by fork. However, there is, and this was something that I was curious about this annual, which whether they're going to go down the, the path or not, there is a story where Diana dressed up as the Phantom and actually got into her own adventure as a female Phantom. I think that's called Diana and the Bank Robbers. I think it is. So I was curious to see whether they were going to include that um, or whether they were just going to focus on on Julie Walker, which they ended up doing. Another thing which I noticed which was kind of interesting, I don't know if you noticed that with the Egmont stories, they were almost in chronological order of her life mm. rather than um, like when they first were published or printed or created by Egmont. So for as, well? yeah, like the slaves, the railway slaves was when she was what? How old was she? 16? Yes. Um, and so you had that kind of like as a prequel, and then you had, um, you know, then you had the next ones. And then the last story, which was uh, just titled Julie, you're having um, uh, after her husband's died, and then also where she um, gets a doctor degree, and then it's got kind of like um, like a, a bit of a a fluffy piece, which what we were discussing in an earlier story about her last couple of years and how she spent it in the in the deep woods, and you know, and who buried her and stuff like that. So I must say that was I did enjoy that just that little touch of how they put those Egmont stories in chronological order.
2: Hmm. Hmm. and yeah I think you mentioned did you say sister he was she was the sister of it? because I think she was the um kids of the seventeenth or the kids of the sixteenth, so there's a bit of um yeah she's either the eighteenth or the seventeenth or the sixteenth or that type of stuff, so that's not very really setting stone where, where she comes from, which is a little bit interesting
3: in, in true fandom style,
2: yeah <laughs> in true folk style as well because he yeah yeah he'd yeah, yeah. First.
3: well. Fork is the
0: true
1: phantom, like, uh, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's sucking up to the Forkis again. I
0: want back to <laughs> <in> that club! <laughs> uh,
1: um, what did you guys think about the range of the authors and artists in this story? Like, I know, Dan, you probably would have preferred to see a little bit more of uh, um, uh, Fork.
3: But, um, oh, the know. fact is that he never went back and, and really yeah. explored explored the character again. So, um, I, I I really liked the range of of authors and artists, and um, it, it was almost like um, you know, meeting old friends again as you as you read through it and you go, oh, that's right, this is, you know, um, Bill. I, I love some of Bill Againey's work, and I know he's not for everybody, but um, I really enjoy his style. I don't know that he writes particularly well, but I like his illustrations. Um uh to 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 see Hans Lindahl and to see Salvaluto and um Mang all represented in here along with McCoy, you know, it's just a really great range of um of artists and a great range of styles. Um and and I enjoy almost all of them. So um to almost see all of those all of them? T- almost all of them, yeah. Which uh, which story
1: did you not enjoy?
3: Oh, well, for for different – well, if we talk about the art, for instance, um, so if I look on page 114, 115, and, and which contents page a bit under a lot, so in the, the prediction, so who's uh, the author, the artist there? Bertil Willems, and I hadn't heard of them. And uh, looking at the art for that story, um, I'm not surprised that, that he or she didn't get more gigs, to be honest. Like, um, well,
1: he was pretty popular back in the day, but, yeah
3: yeah okay well i wasn't i'm not a fan of of that particular style of art um but that's that's the advantage of having an annual with so so many various stories you you can cater for a lot of different tastes and that sort of thing so um the artwork on that story not so flash um in terms of the uh, the content of a story um the riddle of the witch actually i, I hang on it was one of the bill Yandy stories that i didn't Particularly rate the writing of, as I just sort of alluded to. Um, one before the Slaves Railway. So which one's that? The, the Secret of the Golden Ransom. I thought that was. No, that's not Bill. I'm sorry. Uh, that's Sal Trapani who a Charlton story. I thought that was um, a bit rubbish, to be honest. Um, as a story, you've got um, Julie the Gold Phantom. Uh, sorry, Julie the the Girl Phantom. Um, goes out in the woods and is easily overcome by a, a bad guy who, you know, steals a hair, but then she kind of falls in love with him a bit and then feels like she owes him and takes gold to him and, and basically steals from the Phantom's treasure um, and then lies to him at the end with a subtle wink to the reader. Like, what's that garbage? So that's that's comfortably my least favourite story. Um, but, you know, each their own and... and I, I just didn't like that story as a, as, a, as a narrative, and it didn't fit with Phantom um, character for mine.
1: All right, cool. Before I ask you, Steve, I just want to give everyone a bit of a heads-up on uh, Bertel Wilmson. i probably butchered his name, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, he was born in 1926, and he died in 1992. So uh, he created, and when I say created, he uh, wrote illustrated and co-illustrated um, around 70-odd stories, including Sparta and Egmont. So he's probably, and most of his work was done in the um, uh, the 60s and 70s. Um, so he's kind of like one of those old school uh, kind of creators, and he was one of the first... He would have been one of the first guys outside of the fork team who actually started creating story, Phantom stories. So he's got a mm. fairly um, a fairly important part of history, which fandom history, which I'm sure most people don't actually know about. So, but I think you're right. Like you got to remember, this story was created in the 70s, 75.
3: I oh, so, really. I really enjoyed the story as a, as yeah. a as a narrative. I, I think that's a, a fantastic story, and and that's one of the ones that sets up the, um, you know, the old jungle saying: "Phantom takes many forms." He's a boy, he's a girl. You know, you're freaking people out, and, and an old man dies of a heart attack because he doesn't know what's going on. Mm. Um, an evil old guy. It should be pointed out. <laughs> yeah. um, I I just didn't like the artwork.
1: I, I reckon that's a little bit harsh to be honest, because I got to remember of like the, the era of like the seventies there wasn't like if you're looking at say I'm looking at specifically pages uh, one you know probably one sixteen to one twenty odd where he's being sucked in the, the whirlpool. He's using different size panels and half page panels and you know stuff panels inside of panels which is which would have been fairly uh, cutting edge back in the seventies in comics. So I reckon he's um, like, yeah, his his artwork probably doesn't stand up to some of you know some of the modern day stuff and some of the stuff that we've been blessed to see with Felmang and Sal and you know Mitten and some of these other uh, absolute legends. But I, I think um, I I can see where you're coming from, but I think uh, I think you're being a little bit harsh on him. Okay. Stephen, I just I just wanted to kind of like give everyone a little bit of a history on uh, Bert. No,
3: thank you. Uh, that's that's good. Um, it doesn't make me like his artwork anymore.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's fine. That's all right. We're well, we talking great. about artwork that you didn't like as much. I, I probably didn't like uh, George's Bess's um, work just because it, not, it is good, but um, it just seemed very different to everything else. Like particularly faces was my issue um, uh, there, but. Not all the time. There are some panels, that, which are, or some pages really, that are really, really good. But I found, um, particularly the women, um, that they're just, the eyes just seem really far apart, you know, very wide on their heads. And, well, it just didn't look, uh, yep. all that pleasing to me. But I like the story and what have you, and it wasn't all the time. These women I mean, are glamorous though, are they? No, no. So, um, like, you know
1: how like you see some artists and it's just like you know the women are just like drop dead gorgeous. <coughs>
3: filming. <From Mount> <coughs> <laughs> well, we'll mention, you... we'll
1: mention filming in a second, but oh, yeah. um, yeah. like Julie is she looks scarecrowish in this story to be honest.
2: Yeah. But talking about filming, we were, were you disappointed that the back cover had been changed there. Um, Dan. Uh, no. No, <laughs>
3: not at all. Um, the, what you're talking about there, Stephen, is the, the initial release on Facebook showed the, the cover with this image from Canaan White, which we've said we love so much, and on the back was a, a running female phantom by, um, Felmang, um, with legs going every which way, and arms looking like she was doing the hokey pokey, and, um, breasts the size of basketballs, and it it just looked a bit ridiculous.
1: To be honest, no. one was looking at the arms and legs. You couldn't see the arms and legs.
3: <laughs> it, it just it looked a bit ridiculous. Um, and I think that, um, and we're going to talk about Phantom by Gaslight shortly, but uh, uh, it's a shame that that it's not female fandom or girl Phantom focused. The back cover just to tie in the whole thing. But it, it, I don't miss the filming one that was there. He's he was he is and has been an excellent artist. I'm not sure that um, uh, what he's producing very recently is is up to his high standards.
1: Well, his covers for the as well, the last two they did, were, were top-notch. Um, but, yeah, I do agree that the cover, the back cover was a little bit miss. Um, I would love to know the reason why that happened and also the official reason why that prose story was
3: missing. Yeah, um, that's a shame
1: you know it will it will be interesting to hear an official word one day and you know on why they were but i I think yeah I, I think it might i don't want to, I don't want to sound like it's been like a censorship issue but I think it might have been the right call moving on from Felmaine's, uh boobilicious um, drawing mm. Pamela Anderson in a uh, Phantom outfit. <laughs>
3: With oh, yeah. uh, extra implants. <laughs> um,
1: Stephen, anything you want to uh, add?
2: No, I'm done,
1: mate. Okay. Can, um, I, can
3: I just say, if, if, if we can just mention the concept of doing a Girl Phantom annual special, uh, we've touched on the fact that, and you've said, I, I didn't know, that it is every full story that has a, a, a good Julie adventure. I love the concept of doing that and bringing that all together and doing things like um, having all of the egg stories lined up in a row from return to the deep woods through to the end of Julie's life. That, that's fantastic. And um, th- this is what an annual should be able yeah. to come together and do. And whether that's in the future, whether you want to do, okay, let's let's get together a bunch of fourth phantom stories or or sixth phantom stories and, and put those in an annual and, and similarly put them in, Um, Order of of uh, that person's career. Um, I really love the concept of doing stuff like this, and I think the girl phantom in particular is a real winner.
1: Yeah, I don't even think it would have to be a specific phantom. You could all you could almost also go like um, uh, whether you do themes, whether you do um, like a creative team, um, or like Lee
3: Falk and Wilson McCoy. That'd be awesome.
2: Well, did that you know... Ever and
1: ever and ever. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying, like, you know, you can yeah, do, yeah. like, a creative team, whether it is Wilson McCoy or Lady Ford. But obviously, you just wouldn't cherry-pick ten stories. You know, obviously, they need to have a theme or, or something. But it's, it's a great concept. I think uh, they tried to do it in the... It was an annual one or two back <laughs> where they had, like, all gangsters or, yes. or something like that. So, you know... you it's not their first attempt at it, but this one, they definitely, overall, they hit it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Alrighty-o. So, moving on. Now, there has been a couple of um, Dynamite stories. I'm not sure how many of you listeners actually do read them. Um, we, as fan fans, the three of us, we do read them. We have, however, had an uh, a, um, executive decision that we're going to hold off, reviewing the stories until the whole arc of the five parts has finished and then review them all as one one issue after another and then do it as a whole we just feel that it gives it you know they are they are released fairly regularly uh unlike um uh another american <laughs> publisher um shall not be named yet <laughs> yeah I didn't name them on purpose um <laughs> So we've just decided we're going to do that. Um, We just feel that we'll give them the best um, time and so they're not kind of, you know, hacked on the end of, uh, you know, after reviewing free comics and stuff. So if you are reading them um, uh, and you are interested in what our thoughts are, we have not forgotten them and we're not ignoring them. We uh, do buy the comics and stuff like that. And so far we're all enjoying them. Uh, Dan, uh, Stephen, Sorry. I know you're enjoying the, yeah, the, yeah the, have, and Stan, are you enjoying them as well?
3: Uh, well, I haven't, I'm collecting them and not reading them, so I will read them all as a, as a story arc once they're done. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, no, it, it's good. So we just wanted to quickly make mention of that. So moving along, we have, we want to go to our news section of the podcast. Now, first of all, we're going to show a bit more of a through love, Um, seems to be like the free podcast lately Um, so first of all let's discuss Gaslight which for those who are on Facebook have probably seen the um, the advertisement on their page they've probably also seen uh, us talk about it as well and it's on the back back of the annual annual. yep thank you Dan Uh, on the back of the annual there is also a um, a a full page replacement image of, of the film image that we talked about before. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is this is kind of like this is done up as like a backup uh, a backup short stories to kind of which is similar as Heart of Darkness, correct?
3: Yes, that's my understanding.
1: Okay, oh, that's good. That's my understanding as well. Now, um, if you want to know what the whole Gaslight is. Uh, basically, it's kind of like the Victorian era, so Sherlock Holmes, um, that type of, you know, not, you know, what do they call it? Twentieth century, um, that type of era, where you know, I Jack mean, the Ripper is around. Is it <laughs> twentieth
2: century? The wasn't that far
1: away? It wasn't wasn't the twenty first century That's one what we're that we just in.
3: Now, we're in the twenty first
1: uh, century. Well, we'll, yeah. We'll, all right. we'll what <laughs> Yeah, well, so it's it's around the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, so so it's around that era. Now, my, I must admit, I I had mixed I had mixed concerns when I saw this. Like, I was all excited to see an um a creative team from Australia, you know, getting a go with the free comic, which I think you know, uh, it's something that is vastly overdue. But Mm. I was also a little bit concerned that it's going to be a backup story on the shorter stories, which has me concerned that the Heart of Darkness stories are going to be even more spread out than normal. So, you know, uh, we have have asked Glenn and some of the other people at Fru about this, but we haven't heard anything since. So what do you guys think about that?
3: I love the I love the idea, uh, the same as you. Um, uh, in terms of the Australian creative team, and um, when it when it came out, I did a bit of research on Christopher Sekira, who's the writer, and Jason Paulos, the author, and um, nothing but good stuff uh, came back about them. Um, so really looking forward to that as a story. Um, I, I, I like the idea of it as the as the Philip um, at the end of the twenty two pages that Egmont give us. But yes, the concern there is how do they juggle that and the um, Heart of Darkness stories, which you know we've we've talked about those concerns yeah in great detail. Mm. If suddenly that's only coming out uh, it, every it,
1: second time.
3: Oh goodness me! You know we're only up to chapter three, part four or whatever it is of um, part two, chapter three, part two of Heart of Darkness, and there's seven chapters. Um, there's a lot to go in that story, let alone start. Starts this other new one. Um, mm-hmm. Fru was sort of on the Heart of Darkness path. I think they'd done they'd published two or three of the parts when um, the new team took over, and so they were a bit compelled to keep it going. And obviously they're very excited, and, and, and as we all are, to get this this new Australian um, story into it. Um, how that how they manage that that juggle is um, and it's a bit beyond me at the moment.
1: Yeah,
2: Stephen, anything you want to add, mate? No, no, nothing more. But, yeah, looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, section definitely the same as of darkness. I've,
1: yeah, I, I've thought about it. I've, I've come up with a mini solution. Uh, you know, I'm not sure whether it is what they're thinking or I've got n- absolutely no clue whatsoever. We have asked these questions, but um, don't have a clear answer yet. I reckon if these stories, and from what I understand, these are single, um, single... Stories that are part of a larger arc that can be read on their own and not have to be read in parts. That's my understanding.
2: Do you kind of have the same understanding?
3: Yes, and then I, I think the oh sorry, go, Steve.
2: Oh yeah, standalone stories, but it's all set in the same sort of era. They're the same thing.
3: Yeah. Right. So yep. I read. Reckon... Then, and then enough of a theme together that once they're done, the plan is to publish them all as a single mm. anthology which will make more sense.
1: Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can make us buy the same comic again. <laughs> uh, so maybe, just maybe, their thought is that with the huge delay in Heart of Darkness, they're going to stop printing the Heart of Darkness as a backup and do these gaslight ones as the backup and then collect The Heart of Darkness and do it as either a trade paperback or as a single through issue, whether it's an annual or, or or whatever. So that could be one way around it.
3: Well, if you could put all of the parts of a chapter of Heart, Heart of Darkness into a single through issue, that might make sense.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that could work as well. So maybe that might be the way around it because I don't think having – Two broken stories spread over the ten to fifteen times a year is going to work.
3: Mm. Oh, and I don't think it's even as often as that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I agree. I should probably, um, I should probably just correct myself from before when I said about the Phantom by Gaslight poster, which appears on the back of the female. Phantom um, issue, uh, the annual. Um, how it was a shame it was, wasn't also connected to the girl Phantom. Of course it is. Um, and and Steve I think pointed this out for the very first time when um, I had missed it. But we actually do have two Phantoms on that in that image on the back cover. And they've since said that this is the story of the 18th Phantom and his sister when they go back to London and are, are involved. So and we do see a girl Phantom. Um, shooting up at the face. Um, in this poster, um, it, maybe maybe this could have just been a, a way to add to the existing poster that we'd all seen by saying it was the 18th minute his sister. Is it, no, no, planned, planned,
1: <laughs> a planned a coincidence. coincidence. We'll, we'll coincidence. give him the
3: benefit of the doubt. A happy, a happy coincidence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anything else you just want to add on Gaslight before we move on?
3: I oh, just really excited to see it, and um, there are some members of Chronicle Chamber who probably should be sharing more..
1: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I guess I guess the question that because we've all we're all excited, what are you more excited about the fact that we've got a, a a new Australian creative team doing the phantom or the fact that there's more phantom? Just a, a curious question. Anyone wants to answer? No? Yeah. Crickets?
3: Oh, no, well, I would say the Australian creative team. Um, there yeah. hasn't been enough. That's uh, what I'm more excited about as well. Yeah, yeah. Because so, there's was... only
1: been, there's only been what, the one story where the fandom has actually been in Australia, and there's been four stories two. created. Or oh, two. There,
3: there's actually, well, there's actually been three issues. The the Blackfire Parts 1 and 2, which was Waluti's Secret, and then the Blackfire, and then the King's Crocs... Kings Cross Connection, okay. um, so. all of which coincidentally were um, reprinted last year. So.
1: Yeah. So there's a real, and let's face it, the Phantom is, you know, an iconic Australian character.
0: There, and
1: yeah. There's been a, a lack of Australian creative teams dipping their fingers, dipping their pens, dipping their typewriters into the fandom, and it's great to see it. And, on the back of that, with a nice little segue, nicely planned, is that there's an there's been another announcement with another creative team from Australians called the Kid Phantom.
3: Mm. And I'm so, very excited about this. This is um, something. Which one that I are you think... more
1: excited about, Kid Phantom or Gaslight?
3: Kid Phantom, no doubt. <laughs> um, and
1: why because... are you more? Why are you?
3: Yeah, sorry. Why? Yeah, no, no. Because because it's also it's not just a new Australian creative team and and what I've seen of Paul Mason's art he's excellent um Andrew Constant I can't say that I've read any of his writing but um what I've read about his writing is that people really rate it um so so I'm very excited to, to see that Australian creative team but what makes it that extra step above is the new format um in that it's that that small digest version that that you often see at the checkouts of um uh, you know, service stations and, and supermarkets and um variety stores that you know that that are situated near the checkouts to encourage that pester power from the kids. Um I, I just that can't moves, wait to see it? it does. I can't wait to see a little fandom comic sitting there next to the Archie comics and the Barbie comics and the Disney comics. Um and oh no, okay, yes you can buy that one. <laughs> um, I'll be I'll be that dad who who lets them buy one and and sneaks in an extra copy for myself. So uh, it, it's it's that it's that uh, that's the excitement for me is the mm. the new format and and something different and new which we have never I think seen from Fru before. So that that's the real excitement for me. Mm.
1: Stephen, what would be what are you more excited about, Kid Fan or
2: Gaslight? Um, good question I, I, i'm I'm excited to read the the gaslight stories because um, uh, being the, the, from what we've heard it they, they sound really good and, and interesting but um to see um, through really market this to to kids now um, I think is a, is a great thing and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like Dan picking up two copies each time, so one for my boys to to read and, and one that they are not going to go anywhere near. <laughs> you know yeah, what's going to
1: happen though you're going to have to buy each kid one because they're not going to want to share
2: it No, nah, well, it, de- <laughs> it depends if they if they
3: have um, you know if, if they go all out and start having word searches and mazes and those sorts of things in there that yeah. kids can complete um, so, you know I think there's a yeah. real there's so much potential there and um, it's just very very exciting For, and there's only going to be four per year so, and I think the cover price on the on the leaked picture was eight dollars. So that's not ridiculous. And um, yeah, I, I just I just can't wait for that to start coming out.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, my kids are a little bit younger than your kids, but Abby has already started, uh, and she's she's two. Um, and how
2: old are your boys, Stephen? Uh, Tom's starting uh, primary school this week, and Jeremy's and
1: three. So three and how old do you have to be for primary school? Uh, I five. Five. And how old are yours, Dan?
3: Yeah, I've got a boy who's seven and girls at twelve and thirteen. Yeah.
1: I know we've I know we've discussed this before, but um
3: <laughs> We only remember important things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Like when the fan appeared in this comic, not actually yeah, his
3: age. <laughs> and how many Australian fandom comics have there been?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so all so there's what there's six kids between us yeah. um some are busier than others um so and they're all at the age where you know all, all getting towards the end of the age where you, you're at you're at going shopping with them and you need something to keep them quiet you need something to shut them up or you, you know you're going out for dinner or something you want something to keep them quiet whether it's And I did it the other day. uh, We went away on holiday. I picked up the annual. Uh, The daughter got a a Nickelodeon magazine that had drawing, little toys, stickers, crosswords. And she's only – my daughter's two, but she likes stickers. She likes little annoying little figurines that you leave lying around that you step on and break or they get sucked up by the vacuum cleaner. And You know, and it kept my two-year-old happy. And the whole time she was going, you know, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig. Pig." (laughs) You know, and then she picks up my annual. And as much as I enjoy my daughter picking up my annual, I will admit I was a little bit worried that she was going to ruin it. And she was going, Phantom, 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 Phantom. Now, how awesome would it be that when you're picking up your annual or when you need to go to... um. Uh, you know, you're going out, you need something to keep it quiet. You get this kid phantom and it's got a little figurine of a kid phantom in it, or it's got some stickers, it's got colouring in page on it, it's got um you know it's got some crosswords, you know, trying to find yep. the word bander and phantom exactly. and guran and all of this type of stuff. What what excites me probably about it is the fact that it's like what you said, Dan, it's the first time that in a long time that it's a, a deliberate aim for the new generation collector.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? On top of that, I'm really impressed and excited about um, the little hole that they've found in Phantom history. You know, and, and, and Glenn <laughs> identified this in, in his Facebook post about it, it all stems from a leaf story, the childhood of the Phantom. And in three panels, when um, young Kit goes to America, in three panels he turns from what uh, 12 to 16 or something like that, um, and and the the images are just of him sort of looking out the window, wishing he was back in Africa, and to go right, well that's a four year period that we can fill with stories, and and they've they've identified that he's going to have snuck a little Phantom outfit in his. Um, in his luggage to have taken over there with him, and he's going to have some little fandom adventures. And I think that's just absolutely brilliant, really clever identification of a, of a tiny hole in fandom history that you can fill that's going to appeal to kids because it's a kid who's their age or, or close enough to be identifiable. And, um, and he's going to have kid type adventures. And um, I, I just, I'm really thrilled and, and really excited about this series. I can't wait.
1: So what do you guys think about it being set in the... What was it, the 60s?
2: That, that's oh, really not an issue for me. It doesn't matter where they get no. it. Not an issue? Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: I, I don't
2: think... The, the way the Phantom
3: history is, one, is set up, you can't win there because if you <laughs> if you look at... Um, you know, 1936 was the, the first um, Phantom comic and he was clearly at least 20 years old then, so that makes him... You'd have to set it in the 1910s to be accurate. Then you look at um, the childhood of the Phantom story, and, and then it should be set in the 1930s. Um, if the Phantom's genuinely the 21st Phantom today, then it probably should be set in the 1970s. It, 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 the Phantom is timeless; you can set it anywhere. So,
0: yeah, I
1: just like we, we've debated about this type, uh, We've debated about this even with um, a couple of other people as well uh, outside of this discussion. I was just I just picked up a comic to read. Oh, while I was sitting on the toilet earlier on today, and um, it was uh, Johnny Hotwire Rides Again. Yes. Sir. I don't know if you remember that part from the yep, Year yep. One saga, and there was a message from uh, Jim Shepard, uh, quite blatantly having a go at the artist for butchering the, um, uh, the vehicles and the transport and the clothing because it wasn't set when, the Phantom was a child back in the nineteen tens or something like that. Because in that story they had the Phantom being you know, just his year one being set in the seventies
0: mm.
1: or the eighties or something like that. You know, like there was, mm. you know, Corvettes with the you know, and and stuff like that. So I it was just it was just funny because like we were having the discussion and then I read the story which was about year one. So, you know, the Phantom would have been you know 20 you know early 20s mm.
0: um,
1: and yeah and you know it was similar time period so it is interesting it it's it will I think there will be some people that will uh, have an issue with it being set in an obvious time frame um, my probably my biggest concern is not actually that but the fact that um, I'm and I will admit i don't know every kid and I don't know what every kid is interested in, but I wonder if if the 60s is going to be a period, a time period, which will keep kids, you know, your age, uh, Stephen and Dan's, whether it will keep their uh, attention span or whether it would have been better if it was set in today's age. Let's see, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it was just that was probably my probably my only concern about it, but um
3: It depends honest, it depends to the extent yeah. to which they try to really hammer home the age. Like if, if um if he's surrounded by hippies and, and peace signs and Volkswagen um wagons and you know, then of course it's it's not gonna look right. Um but if he's just a kid having fun, you know, kids have fun. The, the only exception will be that he's probably not Snapchatting his adventures as he goes, you know. <laughs> Who cares? You know, um, that, that's not an issue for me. It depends how much of um, that comes into the art. And seeing The Soldier Legacy, which is Paul Mason's other work, I don't know that he's going to be particularly big on um, really driving home the 60s as a time period.
2: We just had the Rainbow Serpent Festival close to where I, or between where I live and where I work. There's still hippies around now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, My mum my mother and mother-in-law are hippies. <laughs> All right, so continuing on with the Fru news, or the Fru podcast, um, we've also got news about the file cards. Now, it's, Stephen, do you want to quickly explain what the file cards are?
2: Um, very quickly, they're um, like, the, like trading cards, I suppose. Um the coming packs of nine. and what they are, uh, um, every single fruit issue, starting from number one, um, is going to have a card. So in the first pack of cards will be the first nine issue,'ll be the covers of the first nine um, through issues. And then on the back side of it, there'll be um, some relevant information regarding uh, that story or, or that particular issue. Um, they're available, I don't have the price in front of me. I think it's $3.50 and the only way you can get them right. is off the website and you can get a subscription for them, which I think has about 130 um, for just the cards. Or if you're uh, already a subscriber to, to Fruit, um, you get them thrown in with your, with your pack. You get them free, um, with your current comic subscription. So, um, I've known of a few people who have, um, already, picked up their or already ordered their through subscriptions because um, that was just um, too too good a deal to, to pass up. Um, yeah. And it's seen it's r- definitely r- a concept
1: to generate more su- subscribers, isn't it?
2: And it's working. And it's a
3: good look. It is working. Yeah. I think yep. we could each um, anecdotally talk about five or six different people that we know who have um, picked up subscriptions um, since the news came out, so I'd be mm. fascinated to know how many uh, subscribers have signed up in the last fortnight or so since that news came out. Um, they yeah. start with issue seventeen seventy-five, which is the next one. So I expect, um, and uh, I, be, I
1: think, which is out on the 9th of February.
3: Right. So so just about our next envelope um, as subscribers um, should include that little pack, and um, looking forward to seeing mm. it. And um, and I think there's a play
2: uh, folder coming. in. I'll, on the way. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, Stephen, as some as the only member who isn't a subscriber, is it enticing enough for you to be a subscriber?
2: Yes, yeah, so I am doing my best to save up my, my pennies so I can um, get my subscription to through. I, I really, yes, it, it's worked for me. I want that subscription.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I guess the good thing is after Kid Phantom, which is aimed at getting you know, new readers, this is uh, this is almost like a reward for the loyal ones and yes. to get the the fandom readers or the free readers as loyal readers by giving them the incentive to be a subscriber. And I think that's the beauty about the concept. Whether the cards or whether it whether it, it works or not, and I think you did some maths on the post that it's going to take them, what is it, seven, eight years to get caught up?
3: Yes, um, yeah, I, I can't remember the maths now, but if you go and have a look at the chroniclechamber.com post we put up, yeah, I did some maths and worked out it, it actually is almost very neat. And again, it must be one of those happy coincidences that about issue number two thousand, not the not the two thousandth published, but actual <laughs> number two thousand will be about when um, the file cards catch up to what is then current day, which is mm. which is pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a good reward for to to be able to get those to get the regular readers as a loyal reader, which I think is a good concept.
3: And, okay. and what do you think of the um the from what we've seen so far? And obviously, we don't have a hard copy of the cards in our hands, but the pictures that you've seen, what do we what do we think of what the cards look like?
1: Uh, well, to be honest, they don't. The, the images and the, even the information on the back and this is just going on what we've seen and we've seen what two images yes um, and we haven't seen them actually in real life so it's yep. a it's a very, very early, yeah very speculative core. they don't excite me but the concept does the fact that there's another trade there's going to be two new trading card series plus a folder that excites me and the fact that it's generating loyal subscribers instead of general yeah. readers that go to the newsagent. That's what excites me.
3: Yeah. But for myself, when I saw the images, um, uh, the purple border that's around the outside of the card, I I've sort of felt like, oh, why, why have you put that there? You could get a bigger mm. image of the, the cover um, without the border. So that's probably my biggest criticism of what I've seen. Um, on the, just on the on the low res or whatever they are jpegs that have been released, and but I am really looking forward to seeing what they look like in real life. Um, mm. as someone who was already a subscriber, the idea that this is suddenly a, a bit of a free gift that Fru is is throwing our way. I think um, i'm I'm pretty pleased with that. yeah and so so in in that sense, no matter what they look like, it's it, you know, it's a gift horse, I'm not gonna look it in the mirror. It's mouth. a win. It's a win. <laughs> yeah. Even if it, even
1: if it doesn't look the best, it's a win because it's you know, it's something free and everyone loves something
3: free. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Except the
1: replicas which is free as
3: well. <laughs> <laughs> oh they're just junk mail, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so you're talking about free stuff. There, yes. Um, Fru has also produced a free free poster um say that 20 times um (laughs) the posters it's it's um a collage of all of the Fru covers minus their replica covers Mm. um as a giant poster and they've given it to you in a large format so you can go down basically to office works or a, a printing place and actually print out your own poster which I know a few people who have done it, and they said that they've been very, very happy with the result. Uh, have any of you guys done it so
2: far? I've downloaded the file, and, um, but I haven't had a chance to get into um, to Office Rex to do it yet.
3: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I've downloaded the file. Um, my cunning plan is uh, I was going to go back to work where I've got um, free A3 printing, and uh, colour printing, and I'll... Sorry, work, if you're listening, it's not free, of course, (laughs) um, and and I'll be reimbursing you. I've got to stop talking about work. Um, No, my plan is to to print up an A3 uh, size and um, put that in my classroom uh, at the very least. Um, But it turns out I'm quite busy at work, so I haven't had time to do that yet.
1: What, you actually do stuff as a teacher? (laughs) Uh,
3: From time to time. (laughs)
1: okay so there's two other bits of fruit news that we want to um, uh, quickly touch upon first of all uh, is is some exciting news that has not at the time of recording this has not yet been put up on Facebook or any websites or anything so and that is that fruit are or has maybe by the time you listen to this released their own labelled bags and boards for your Fru comics. Now, these are Fru labelled. Um, read into those two words as you see fit. But um, now, we we all bag and board our comics. So you guys... Oh, you don't?
3: No. No, I, I put mine in um, uh, A3... Uh, sorry, A4 Binders... Um, in, and just in those, uh, just pockets.
1: All right. Well, Dan doesn't care about his collection, but <laughs> Stephen and I do. So, Stephen, are you going to be buying some of these?
2: Um, well, well they're tempting. They want to be. Um, the, the price needs to be good. Um, yeah. I've recently bought a whole bunch of boards, so and and bags. So I probably don't need any for for a while. Um, which is unfortunate for me, um, which re- really means it's got to be at a good price for me to um, go out and buy something that I don't need right now. Yeah, and so, I think it's in the and the pre-labeling. How is that going to be taking away from the yeah. bag inside the bag? So it'd be interesting how they do it.
1: Yeah, exactly what I was going to say is how are you going to label a bag? Yeah. Um,
3: so it'll again, be interesting. Is,
1: it, is no. it going to force you to change your um, archiving?
3: Practices. No, not in the slightest. I, I really, um, I, I completely understand why people bag and board their comics. Um, you know, that, that's fine. It's, that's a, it's a good way of, of ensuring that it's um, going to be there forever. One of the things I like about my collection, though, is being able to, at any time, go back to any any story any, any issue and pull it out easily. And read it, not worry about oh, am I going to get the sticky tape caught on the cover as I pull it back out again, or anything like that. Um, I do like to scan, um, you know, put it in a scanner and, and scan a, um, a panel and that sort of thing to use online sometimes. So um, I, I'm really happy with the way that I keep my collection. I'll be interested. <laughs> I'll be interested to see if um, they start using these through-labeled bags and boards for uh, the signature series. Because um, that is something that I do get, and I'll be interested to see how that transpires.
1: Yeah, I guess I also wonder if they're just going to go the stock standard bags, or they're going to use the Mylar or have the Mylar bag option. Uh, mm. For those who don't know, Mila is just a well, a normal bag. I think your normal bag and board. They suggest you should change every, I think it's like every five or seven years. Oh, wow. um, are you yeah. serious? Yeah, where the mylar bag can last up to a hundred years or, or or a longer period of time. I'm not exactly sure uh, from memory of what the period is, but it's a lot more expensive. The paper, the, obviously, the plastics are a lot more thicker, but you know you're paying, you know, you're paying a lot more. So it'll yeah. be interesting whether they have whether they're going down the mylar track or whether they're using the normal bags that we, you know. Well, a lot of us get from like the comic book shops what the prices are like. Are they going to be available in comic book shops? Are they only available on fru's website? Um, to be honest, I'll probably buy a packet or, or two so I can, you know, to sometimes I pretend I'm a complete i I'm a completer, so I'll probably buy it so I've so I can say I've actually got it. Whether I, I use yeah, whether I continue to buy them and all, I think a lot of it will depend on a lot of the, the questions that other people have already raised.
3: So the the some of the information, we haven't got a lot of information from Glenn, no. and, but he's just said that um, uh, they are available now, um, they are made by the same manufacturer of a commonly sold brand, so um, other than the fruit labelling, they're probably similar, I don't know whether that means the Mylar or whatever that you've just been talking about, Um I was I sort of thought oh well this might solve the problems that a lot of people have in terms of um, the size of bags because we've we've got the annuals and even the Christmas specials a little bit bigger and, and the common issues um, the report is that the bags will all be of the ga- the golden age size which will fit an annual um, snugly um, but that the smaller silver age board and I. Th- the implication here, I think, is that, that the, sil- the smaller Silver Age board is for sale. So it's the Golden age size bags and the Silver Age boards, I think, is um, what is suggested here.
1: No worries. I love how they were used the word snugly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. So last bit of free news for the free podcast. Um is As it's turned about, out, <laughs> yeah, about the giant sides. Now, when we initially posted about this with uh, a rogue post, this is before um, Christmas, yep. Yeah. This is before Christmas, it, we made mention that they were going to be reprint stories of the current giant sides comics that were released in
3: the pre existing, yes.
1: Yeah. Now, we were then informed that that was incorrect, but then with the post on through, it seems like we were not entirely incorrect. Now, again, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but what I understand is that it's going to be, um, it's going to be the same backup characters, so Sir Falcon, Catman, and all these other type of ones. G'day. Yep. Yeah, the the Shadow and I think Sir Falcon or something was another one. Um, So it's going to be like those stories, and then like one of those is going to be colour, as well as the Phantom story is going to be colour.
3: And that's different from the originals.
1: That's different from the originals, but they are going to be reprinted stories of those backup characters, and from what I understand, they're going to be reprinted Uh, fork stories in colour. So they might have not originally appeared in the giant sizes. Um, Does that kind of make sense And from what you understand?
3: I think so. Um, I I almost interpreted from the end that it was almost almost exactly the same as the old giant size, but with a little bit of colour and a new cover.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, that was my understanding.
1: Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. I think we won't we won't touch on it too much because uh, this podcast is getting pretty long and we don't really know too much. Um, but I think it will be interesting because it will enable more fork stories, which I think will keep the traditionalists and the focus happy, if that, if that makes sense. Yep. So I think that's a good thing in that sense and. You know whether it works and stuff like that. Um, I think yeah, will be good. Yep. Alrighty yo. Um, okay, so let's um, let's just a couple of quick things um, that there is just to remind people about the uh, Elbury uh, display, which is currently on. Um, yeah. More peaches details. Work. More details is on our website. And then also to let people know that there is, just again briefly, about the, the new Wilson-McCoy expedition, which is in Sweden. So for all our Swedish and Norwegian and Scandinavian listeners, shout out to you guys, and all the details are on that. Um, so that should be good. Um, now, are any of you guys going to any of that? Any uh, Scandinavian trips planned in the immediate <laughs> future?
3: I I was going to tell you at some point. No, I I cannot cannot get there. Um, Stephen, are you going to be able to get up to albury wodonga for maybe the February the 15th, which is the um, open day for Bradley, or the the, the day that he's got planned as the family fun day or whatever it is
2: uh, for his display? (laughs) No, I won't be able to make that, unfortunately. (laughs) All right, well, maybe
1: if there's anyone out there that is going to it, and you enjoy the podcast, and enjoy what we do, um, get in touch with us because we would love you to be our roving reporter for the day. Um, I think John, John Cookson, um, I've been trying to get John on for so many, so many years. He's been on one podcast, and every podcaster, try and get him back on. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going, but I reckon he might be going, so uh, maybe John can be our roving reporter. But if there's anyone else out there that uh, is... Um, willing to be a roving reporter, please get in touch with us and please um, uh, help us out because we would love to be able to get some coverage of that like we have with some of the other stuff around Australia.
3: We have um, had one listener, Sean Bassett, who has sent in some photos of a recent um, visit that he had, uh, it might have been last weekend, to the Albury Exhibition um, which we are planning to use for a, a future post, probably publicising the February 25th date. Um, so that's a uh, big, big shout-out, and thank you very much for that, Sean. Um, but, you. yeah, it would be great to have someone there on the on the February the 25th, and he can't make it back. So if you're in Victoria or, or southern New South Wales and you can get there, um, we'd love to have a few photos or, or if you can, you can do some recordings for us, um, we'd love it.
1: No worries. Well, guys, I think we have actually finished... So let's just quickly wrap up uh steven still awake mate
2: uh yeah <laughs> I, I started strong when we're talking about comics and stuff but oh it's been, it's been a bit long now this past hour
3: the alex Savio stuff was a real high point for you
2: yeah i think i kind of died afterwards <laughs> it's
1: like, like you know when you give a kid like some sugar and they go really really high and they crash yeah
3: <laughs>
2: So if you're wondering why it, it is also midnight in
3: Victoria, we should cut it some Slack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just finishing up, guys. Thank you everyone for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed uh, your free comics, your annual, and everything else. Uh, also the Sammy J um, uh, song at the beginning. Uh, we're going to listen to it at the end as well, mate. Oh, you
3: twisting
1: my arm. Okay, <laughs> so I hope you enjoy yeah. it at the end as well.
3: We should just um, put in a reminder that uh, the Patreon subscribers can uh, go and get that um, and download that song and, and, and put it on their iTunes or, or on their MP3s or whatever and, um, and enjoy that uh, fantastic little reward for our Patreon subscribers. So that's really good. Yeah.
1: Cool. And then what we're also trying to do, fans, is we're trying to get um, Sammy J to uh, release another um, Phantom Shuffle-style little combination of some Phantom songs. <laughs> so if you like the first teaser, go hassle Sammy J and join us as hassling him as well. Our, you know, let's get this happening. <laughs> <laughs> um but Thank you, everyone, for listening to uh, the, the the podcast. Um, do we want to
3: also? Do we want? Do we just I'm want to mention? There, I'm audience?
1: getting there. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what 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 Dan's trying to steal the thunder about is that we have uh, on the Chronicle Chamber Facebook page for a couple of months ago. We made mention of a forum. So what we discussed was uh, if we have fifty likes or 50 comments we would um create a forum again that hasn't happened so what we also discussed is if you are a patreon member would you like a forum like a, a, a potential message board slash forum where you can discuss stuff as well so if you are a patreon supporter let us know regarding that as well and um that's what you're getting at dan yes yeah cool um Also, everyone, we've got our website, ChronicleChamber.com, where we discuss all the news. We've got our Facebook and other social media links. Also, don't forget to give us a review on iTunes as well, so that way, when people search for uh, Phantom on iTunes and on podcast, they will see how awesome we are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you, everyone, again. Dan, Stephen,
3: for talking to you guys. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and uh, <laughs> wake up. Good night, Steve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe that needs to be the outgoing song. This is "Wake Up," Jeff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Thanks yeah. very much, everyone. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Oh, he's popped his right
1: yep. oh man, talk about a nightmare. <laughs>
2: Alright, oh, you
1: can hear me? Yeah, can you hear us? Yep. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I mean, Abby's worried, oh, I forgot to change the uh, bin so there's a Puy Nappy in there. <laughs> so you're going to get a rush. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I'll do a uh, lead so that way I can, you know, <laughs> want to push us through. Um, sorry about that, guys. Just, oh, you know what it's like with toddlers.
3: Yeah. So, if she's, you're in her room, where does she sleep while you're doing podcasts?
1: Mate, where every other toddler of these days sleep. Not in own bed and in between mum and dad vertic- uh, horizontally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, did you know she's actually bruised my ribs one night? She's <laughs> all <laughs>
3: soft. I was about to yeah. say.
1: <laughs> Either I'm soft or she's got a good kick. <laughs> and it's not soft because I've got lots of soft padding around my ribs
0: <laughs> 500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said I'm mad I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die oh Goes to walk. The phantom. Enemies beware. The phantom's always there. But you won't find the phantom. He finds.